Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome to Cop On Podcast, you fluffy yet delicious crispy baguette. If you type Toxteth, T-O-X-T-E-T-H, into Wikipedia, you get lots of interesting textbook-style information. For example, Wikipedia will tell you that Toxteth is an inner-city area of Liverpool, bordered by Egbeth, Canning, Dingle and Edge Hill. It is mentioned in the Doomsday Book of 1086 under the name of Stochstead, meaning a stockaded or enclosed place. Wikipedia will also tell you that during the Second World War, the Free French 13th Demi-Brigade of the French Foreign Legion were stationed in Toxteth before they embarked on operations against the Vichy, the Nazi Vichy government, in the abortive Battle of Dakar and the storming of Libreville. Wikipedia mentions things like the migration of people from Commonwealth countries, about economic neglect, high unemployment and riots in 1981, 1985 and 2011, etc., etc. Wikipedia does not tell you, however, that I lived there in 1998 to 1999 and I think my house was haunted. Genuinely. Uh, I really do think that. I'm a rational person. I believe in science. I don't believe in the supernatural per se, but as contradictory as it is, I also have a ghost story from my time living next to the Smithdown Cemetery in Toxteth. I mean, when I say next to, I was in a house. But uh, yes, my house was next to the big cemetery there. I'd like to make a podcast one day about ghost stories, so if you or anyone you know has a ghost story to share, please do get in touch, carponpodcast at gmail.com, especially if the ghost in question had a sort of OCD uh, penchant for parallel lines and kitchen tables. It's a very long story. I'm not going to get into it here, but please, honestly... Do let me know if you have something similar because once I saw a woman on stage talking about exactly the same thing happening to her in Pennsylvania. Weird. But enough of that. This is a football podcast. My name's Owen, not Clinton Baptiste. So the only metaphysical thing I shall say from here on in is that as many of you already know, God himself was born in Toxteth, a.k.a. Robbie Fowler, and so was our new angel, the scorer of our second and his first ever goal yesterday, Curtis Jones. Well, his first ever goal in the Premier League. You might remember his top corner blooter against Everton uh, back in January. So anyway, here is an episode in which we discuss the mighty Curtis's potential. We discuss Bobby Firmino, the the Villa match, Hendo, the Rocket Reds, and much, much more. This is Cop on You are freaking beautiful. And I do hope that you enjoy. Right, hello everybody. Hello, I'm I'm delighted and very very happy to be joined by Doug in Edinburgh, uh, and to be joined as well just now as it ping pongs in and out of it. Oh no, he's gone again. Satinda will be joining us shortly. Um, Doug, uh, Liverpool two, Aston Villa nil. The game finished about an hour ago. Um, I'm feeling very happy. How are you feeling? I'm yeah happy that we got the three points. wasn't the best of performances, but um, we played like um, champions today. You know, don't don't play very, don't play well, but you know, still get the result, which is always a good thing when you're champions. It is indeed. It is indeed, and our amazing run continues. I mean, I don't know if you, if if you remember this. I don't know what 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 channel you were watching the game on, or what commentary you had, or whatever, but. This uh, is a continuation of our amazing non-stop winning run. We, we have won every single Premier League game at Anfield since January 2019 when we drew with Leicester. And I don't know if you remember that match. We should have won that match as well. Uh, this team is, is absolutely phenomenal, Doug, isn't it? It has 24 home wins consecutively in the Premier League. It's just unbelievable. It is indeed. It is indeed. So, Tinder, you've joined us. Um, it's really nice to, to, to hear from you, Satinda. 
what uh, tell us about uh, you know your 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 immediate reaction to Liverpool two Aston Villa nil please. Uh, my uh, my immediate reaction. I think I posted in the group, so I sort of popped my own balloon before it's uh, fully blown. And that uh, I think we are shit at being uh, anything other than awesome. And that has proven itself by the fact that uh, as soon as we step down, even an inch or half an inch down from the intensity, from the desire, from the absolute work ethic that's got us to where we are, suddenly we start to see all kinds of flaws that may or may not exist. And, you know, we start to question the first 11, we start to question the squad. But you know what? You know, I'd rather be us right now. Who Who else would you rather be right now, you know? And oh, um, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, you know what? We, we've shrugged off that, uh, the suggestion that we were going to be that side under Paisley, I believe, that didn't win, win a single game after it won the league. But then again, what is there to do after you've proved yourself champions of England? What, what, what is there to do? So I can understand it. Some people can't forgive it, and I understand that too. But I think, yeah, today was a great result in the end, if not the perfect performance. Well, I think I think it was a great result, but I don't know. I, I, I slightly, I don't know. The, the season you're referring to was 1982-83, which I which I looked up before, and it was um, it was uh, the last seven games we lost five, and we drew two of them. Um, but that was when we really did take our take our both feet off the gas, and um, I don't know, do you keep two feet on the gas? But anyway, you know what the heck I mean. Uh, but uh, you know, in terms of you know for the running, okay, we've we've got two wins, a draw, and a loss. What do you make of our form since we you know since the restart, Doug? Uh, it's been. I mean, obviously, the nil-nil draw against Everton wasn't wasn't the best. We looked really, really lethargic, but obviously that was understandable because we hadn't we hadn't played then. But then you come back against Crystal Palace and absolutely wipe them off the floor by four goals to nil, and that was a near perfect performance. And then, obviously, you know we got the result from uh, you know Chelsea beat Man City. Obviously, that confirmed us as Premier League champions. And then the Man City game was just a horror show. Um, just didn't turn up, um, but. I think the players have probably had too much to drink uh, the previous night before. So um, <laughs> and yeah, and then and then again today, you know, like just some of the players were very very sluggish, and um, you know, it was a chance for a couple of players to you know get get a, get a start. It was good. Good. I was happy with the lineup when we when we uh, uh, when it was officially confirmed. Um, obviously, you know, we had Alice Oakley Chamberlain, Naby Keita, and Divo Kurigi in, which um, you know the three changes were I think were definitely to be made but um no looking at the, the Aston Villa game I thought I thought the first half were very very poor very very sluggish didn't get going at all and then um, the second half was only better when Firmino came on I thought Firmino changed the game because it allowed Naby Keita to move more forward and obviously you saw that Keita got the assist for uh, Manny's goal and then obviously the second goal it's lovely to see Curtis Jones on the score sheet um, and what a week it's been for him. Long-term new contract with the club and now a Premier League goal scorer for the first time ever. So um, it was, uh, it was a, not the best performance, but our form has been up and down. But um, looking ahead to the fixtures that we have, I think we've got Brighton, Burnley, Arsenal, Chelsea and Newcastle to finish. So it's, um, it's going to be very, very interesting. But we are going to get some weird results in in these last few weeks. Don't 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 uh, don't don't question that at all. I do think there will be a few weird results um, coming from maybe maybe not us, but uh, from like other teams, etc. Well, that's one of the reasons why why you know if you, if you think of this as a sort of a bad performance, as you as you were saying earlier, Satinder. I mean, generally it was for the until. As Doug says, you know, when uh, when Firmino came on and Hendo and and Genie, all three of them, I thought were were really really good when they came on. But you know, this is why I can't I can't really get too down on the team because 
this is almost like an average Klopp at Anfield performance. We win 2-0. 2-0 is my favourite result in football because generally it means that you've attacked well and you've defended well and the other team have made it difficult for you. And we have to remember that Villa were, you know, are, are, are trying with everything they have to stop us, to make it a game where nothing happens. That's the best thing uh, for them. As, as, as Neil Atkinson said in, in, in the Anfield Wrap, that was the best way to go about it. That's what they tried to do. They were pretty successful. But the thing is, is that, you know, we got through it, like we got through so many other games, Satinda, in a, in a very similar way. And uh, I don't see too much of a difference between that and uh, lots of other performances this season where we haven't been magical, but we've got the three points. Yeah, I think that's got something that's got lost in translation, to be honest. When I say that we're crap at being anything other than awesome, it's actually a compliment. It is to the sheer fact of the achievement of Klopp and how how great we are as a first eleven. Yes, we can change it about, and why shouldn't we? We should always try to re-engineer elements and try different things and try different players. Uh, Curtis Jones is making himself known right now. I, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not down on the sort of the performance as such. I'm disappointed in the way we played for most of the match. But you know, overall, can you can you be down on the way they are right now as a squad? Uh, right, right now, frankly, you'd have trouble finding my whereabouts, as the famous stories go about the. Uh, famous teams of the 80s and the 70s. When, when you've won the European Cup and you've won the Championship of England, you know, you're gone and you're partying for days and you, you won't be seen. And, and those, those stories about the players being gone for five or six days and, you know, I think it was Phil Thompson that turns up as his local boozer with the European Cup and all the locals are sort of just like completely dumbfounded that this guy's turned up with this prestigious trophy in, in his local boozer and all this sort of stuff. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is we've fallen by our own very high standards. If there is one nitpick, and it is a nitpick, let's get this straight, I, I'm not for a minute down on Klopp and the team right now. I think it is the the veneer, if we'd have lost or drawn to Villa, of this, this simply unbeatable team, this relentless force of nature, uh, they can be gotten at. I, I don't want that conversation to be had very much in opposing teams. And I think it can be just as much as this bullshit about Man United right now, about them doing brilliantly and aren't they fantastic. It's great when the pressure's off. Life is fantastic when there is no pressure. But we've done it when the pressure was absolutely on. We've done it when the odds were absolutely stacked. We've done it when we had to deliver as professionals. So, you know, like I say, it's just these sort of, maybe it's the commentators, maybe it's the general feeling from the media. I just think sometimes they cook something up as to mean like, oh, Liverpool are now on holiday, they're on the beach. Uh, you know, they, they, they've had enough now and, and look at them. They're not so superhuman after all. I don't, I don't want that feeling to fester. I want people to think that we are simply unbeatable. And, you know, let them send that team from Mars as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, yes, absolutely. I'm, um, yeah, I mean, it's a very good explanation. I, 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 see, I see where you're coming from. I really do. Uh, and in this match, there were, you know, there were positives and, and there were negatives. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's be honest. Um, some of, the, you know, some people who could have done better, I thought, Doug, were two players that spring to mind that could have done better were, were possibly Divock and, uh, and Chamberlain. Um, what did you make of, of their performance, Doug? Yeah, um, I have to say, from a, from a point of view, when Origi started, I said to myself, right, this is very, very good that, that Origi is starting. But for me, he frustrates me so much because if you look at, if you look at what he, he actually did in the game, yeah, he holds the ball up well, but he moves to the right, he moves to the left, 
he should just stay in the one position. And that's, that was really what was bugging me in the first half because when Manny and Salah were going into the, the box, um, it was very, very evident that you could actually see Origi being really, really poor. And unfortunately, it was just one of those things. But yeah, Chamberlain was very, very poor today as well. Um, but I think Naby Keita has staked the claim to obviously get a starting place now. I thought he had a good game. Um, and like I said, like I said, Hallelujah! And I know people will be listening. Sorry, I know people will be listening to this, and I want you to know right now. Yeah, Cater is a decent player. Sorry to cut you off there, Doug. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I thought I thought Cater, like I said, um, had a very very good game, and you know, I think he probably will get a starting berth now. I know Genie came on and you know did very very well when he when he did come on, but. You know, I think I think looking at our next couple of games, Brighton and Burnley, I think is a good chance to maybe rotate, maybe maybe have a midfield of you know Fab, Hendo, and Keita, which would be probably be, be very very good. But but yeah, I think Oxley Chamberlain was very very poor today. I thought Robertson, in particular as well, I thought he was quite poor as well. Um, I I, think, I don't know what it was. It was just his touch let him down for me today. Um, but obviously, apart from that, I think I think the only ones really disappointed were Robertson, Chamberlain, um, and Origi. Well, that's very interesting. You should say I've, I've got who scored dot com in front of me. Um, uh, uh, Divock Origi only, only. I've got the passing stats. Divock Origi only played seventeen passes. He didn't have many touches in the match uh, with a seventy-six point five percent passing accuracy, which is it's sort of not too bad for an attacker, uh, but uh, you know, in comparison, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane both had 80% passing success rate with significantly more passes. Um, Alex, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain had only 34 passes in the 72 minutes he was on the field, which isn't that many, and his passing accuracy was down at 73.5%. Um, it just wasn't working for him, was it? Satinder Chamberlain, and uh, but who it was working for, who I, who you're, you you seem keen to talk about was was Nabby. So talk about those two, please. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's sort of they're stuck between a rock and a hard place in many ways. I think. Yeah, you're right. The, the way you describe their performances is absolutely right. I thought Nabby. There were a few bright sparks. There was the sort of. You know the embers of, of of a great player there, and I, I I still refuse to believe that we can't capitalise on his potential. That Klopp can't sort of, if he has him, uh, to work with often enough in the team that he can't get the best out of him. Um, Ox, I don't know. He's he's a sort of he needs a run of games, doesn't he? That's the cliche Seville here now. He does need a run of games. He needs to be involved more often. He was fantastic when he played for us a couple of seasons ago. He's got a consistent run. When we won the Champions League last year, I mean, you know, he, he again sort of, he was starting to show promise. But I, I don't know, I've got less faith in Ox in many ways. I just think maybe he's had enough of a bite, really, at Liverpool and Arsenal. And when Arsenal were good, not the current sort of incarnation. Um, but with, with Naby, uh, I, I think today somebody was trying to say, oh, it's come off his shin, it's done this, it's done that. No, no. I was consistently seeing a player hungry. I was seeing a player that was looking to get into the box, that was looking to get forward. He wasn't sitting in and waiting patiently or any of that nonsense. He was looking for the ball. He was going after the ball. And that's the kind of player that I think is more suited to us. Ox, I can't can't really say. I mean, I was delighted when he signed because I thought at the level of team we were at the time, I thought it was a good sign that we were going to try and take on this misfits, this uh, guy who hadn't quite made it under Wenger and all this sort of stuff, and Klopp was going to transform him. I, I think, again, with his injuries, his body's not up to it, and maybe he needs a run of games. But is he going to get a run of games in this team? I don't think so. I don't think we've got, we've got the 
we've got the latitude really as a, as a club and as a team to allow him to just run into his stride when he feels like it. I think we need people who are going to grab the opportunity more quickly, you know, and just, just do it. And just when they're called upon to do a job, and I think this spoke of the whole team today, when, when you get those fringe players in, and Minamino is going to be another one that we'll see the sight of uh, in sort of uh, the rest of this season and the season after, He's got to grab it while he's got the opportunity. And if you don't, you know what? At the top, it really is win or lose. You're either in or you're out. And, and that's how ruthless, I guess, we're going to have to be. And we're not used to being like that as a fan base. We tend to have our cult favourites and our Yari Lippmanns and the, the rest of it. You, you've got to come in and you've got to absolutely hit the ground running. Yes, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I think Chamberlain, maybe he could... He could, you know, play, get some minutes sort of in the last half hour and then get the odd start like today. But he's just been, he's just been a little bit inconsistent. I mean, there are times where I think he, he looks like England's best midfielder or up there to challenge Henderson for that, but, uh, for that uh, title. But um, um, I think he doesn't show it quite enough or he hasn't yet. Um, but I, I still think, yeah, I mean, he's 26, he's... He's got another few years where he can really help us out and hopefully his versatility will help us. And uh, with a bit more confidence, maybe he could, uh, he could do better. But like that, that pass he made where he ended up sort of kicking himself in the knee sort of summed up his performance today, unfortunately. But thinking of the positives, yeah, Naby Keita was one for me. He, uh, he stood out. He stood out a mile with his his inventiveness and, uh, you know, he, he only touched the ball 92 times. 81 of those were passes. He made a couple of dribbles. He made two key passes, including an assist. Um, and he was, uh, he, he looked dangerous. He, he won some tackles. Um, he looked like a, a really, really good, really encouraging, um, you know, midfielder. I can't wait to, to, to see him again. Um, you know, as soon as, as soon as, possible really um other other things in terms of the positives you you mentioned curtis jones there getting the second goal but the first goal for sadio Mane that was his 50th goal at anfield and his sixth in six games against aston villa um he was he was he was quiet for a lot of the match but then when he, you know, he, typical Sadio Mane, he just came alive and, and, and then he, he shone like a star in a, you know, in, 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 in a cloud of, you know, where these, where these stars get, get born in giant explosions. I'm surprised when he hit that shot. I would be surprised if the residents of Anfield didn't come, you know, screaming out of their houses because they thought it was an earthquake, Doug. Sadio <laughs> Mane, what a guy. Yeah, he's got a really good record against Aston Villa, obviously scoring the fastest Premier League hat-trick at 2 minutes 56 seconds against Aston Villa in a 6-1 win uh, when he was obviously at Southampton. So, yeah, he's got a really good record against uh, Aston Villa. But, yeah, the more the game went on, I thought, I thought Mane would get a goal against um, against Villa. Can I just say, how great was it to, for have Pepe Reina back at Anfield? Honestly, so so good to see him back. Um, I think I think Jamie Carragher said one of the the lines that he was one of the best shot stoppers at Anfield. I would probably say, I think Allison will probably go on to be one of our greatest ever goalkeepers. But I tell you something, Pepe Reina, for the first couple of seasons, he was absolutely magnificent. Three Golden Gloves. In in a row, I think it was, which is which is unheard of. So you know, if Allison can can do that, then obviously it would be very very good. But no, Manny, fantastic player. Um, could he get the golden boot? I mean, you know, obviously we, we shall see what happens. But it'd be very very nice for him to get the golden boot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just gonna gonna look it up to see who who the top scorers are in England at the moment. Uh, this season, I mean, give me a moment to 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 come up with that one. But uh, other Jamie Vardy's at the top of the table at the moment by a distance, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think it's still sort of sub twenty, aren't they? 
Yeah, well, I'll have a look now. I thought Vardy had 21. Yeah, Vardy's on 21. Uh, Aubameyang's on 19. Danny Ings on 18. Yeah. And Mohamed Salah, 17. And that was uh, Sadio Mane's 16th goal of the season. So, I mean, you know, he needs five to catch up with Vardy. He might make it. You never know. Uh, you know, maybe he'll get a hat-trick against Chelsea or something like that. A couple of hat-tricks. If there's one player who can do it, Sadio can. Um but uh, otherwise, yeah, other, other sort of positives. Joe Gomez was a lot better today, I thought. Um, you know, and our defending was generally very, very good. I love that partnership of, uh, of Virgil and Joe. Uh, would, you, uh, would you be happy to stick with them for, for the near future? I mean, would you, would you consider signing someone to take Joe Gomez's place at Indo in, in the transfer window? Are you happy with Gomez van Dijk? No, it, it comes to something when you've got a rock-solid defence and you're again trying to pick holes in it. As fans, we all tend to do that. I think if you're going to get a tie defence, you do what Sterling did. You target Gomez. Um, and, and, and that's how you can actually penetrate this sort of this wall. But, I mean, again, it's, it's only in select games and in select conditions Maybe it would have been different if he was protected better and Klopp said himself. Uh, Gomez was sort of alone with Sterling for about five minutes, I think his comments were, uh, immediately after the City game. If he'd have been helped out better, maybe he wouldn't have been got at so much. But, you know, again, what are we, what are we trying to do? We might replace him with somebody else, but at the expense of what? The, the balance, the chemistry, the whatever they've got right now, because you can't always quantify that, I don't think. And, uh, yeah, do I think Klopp would sit around uh, on a decision and decide not to replace a player if he had somebody that was better in mind? No. But uh, at the moment, I just think that that's, that's the sort of two games a season in the league the, that somebody could pick at and you can make accommodations for that. You could get people to cover, you could get people to be more attentive to his needs, uh, Gomez, if he's being sort of targeted in that way. Uh, but on all other occasions, he's an absolutely solid you know, unit individually and as part of the defence. So, no, I don't think we need to improve it. It's possibly somebody we could build on going forward along with Trent. So, yeah, I mean... If I was going to spend money in the team, I don't think it would be immediately be that area. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Although I think if Lovren does does leave, we probably need need some cover. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm very. I'm it's very not going to be mega money though, is it? If you're going for cover, that's one thing. But if you're trying to replace a first teamer, you're talking about serious money, at least for this side. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Koulibaly has been rumoured, and that that does. Sound like a sort of dream defence, but then Koulibaly's 29 years old. Um, yeah. And that would be wonderful for, for the next two or three years. But I wouldn't want to piss Joe Gomez off uh, yeah. and, you know, give him his place on the bench because I, I, I just I have such high hopes for Gomez, you know, with, uh, as someone who can learn, who can get better. He's only 23. He's a baby for centre-backs. Um, yeah. Yeah. But an uh, interesting player... Um, this season, it's sort of divided opinion in the cop on WhatsApp world uh, bef before match uh, was um, was Bobby Firmino. Now, Bobby Firmino, um, somebody said uh, on the cop on chat that he thinks maybe he's not having the greatest season. Um, I think that's a bit harsh. I don't know what you guys think. I had a look at some stats before for Bobby. Um, he's his NPXG, so his non-penalty expected goals this season in the Premier League, is 13. It's around about 13, but he's only scored eight. So he's missed some big chances. But then, you know, Bobby is a, is a kind of player who they haven't invented the stats yet to, to analyse his game properly. Um, I don't know where you stand on Bobby Firmino and his season and his... And his performance today, uh, Doug. What do you, what, what do you make of uh, dear Bobby? 
think Bobby. I think look, like I think I think we have to be honest with you. I think Bobby is having one of those seasons where he cannot hit a barn door at Anfield, um, but he seems to be getting a few away uh, as well. I think I think he has hit double figures this season as well, which is quite good. Um, but for people saying he's having a poor season, <laughs> he has contributed uh, to our to us winning the title as well. Um, I, I, I think people need to remember that that. For the for the obviously the lack of goals at Anfield, he has scored some very important away goals as well. Obviously Tottenham away, I can think of. Obviously, um, you know that was that was a winner against Tottenham. Um, but you know, Bobby Firmino for me is not having a poor season. Um, I just think he's changed his position a little bit. I think he's more. I think. I think you're seeing now that he is probably um, people are actually relying on him to make chances more, and I think that's what's brought, coming into his game. I think that's what's crept into his game is he's making more chances. So um, I think obviously the lack of goals, I think that's something else to do with obviously the creating the chances. But apart from that, is Boy Firmino having a poor season? No, I don't think he is having a poor season. It's just yes, obviously a number nine, you would expect him to score goals, but for me. The front three doesn't click without Bobby Firmino, so that that that's something else that you can say as well. But I'm sure he will start firing again in all cylinders very very soon. Well, you see, I thought he had a terrific terrific cameo today. I thought there were certain things mm-hmm. like he, he little little sort of touches. I think his first touch was like a the ball sort of just feathered off his thigh and then he was able to control it and he took two players out of the game with a simple square pass to uh, Robertson or someone who was who was running down the left I can't remember the inside channel on the left and it's like little things like that like he would he would take the ball and draw players towards him and then play it backwards and then we could switch quickly and just you know opened up more space for other uh, for other players, you know, I thought I thought he was really good in, in his cameo, and Henderson too, another positive. Um, so, Tinder, what do you think of Bobby Firmino? Well, I think today's performance is sort of bookended by pre and post Firmino. Um, they said on the TV, "Oh, he makes them gel," and that seems like the sort of perceived wisdom. But I mean. It, it, there is no doubt we are better and our results are better when he is part of that 11. And you can say what you like about statistics, and I think you said it before. I don't think they've invented the stats yet that capture the importance uh, of somebody like Bobby and you know what he gives to the rest of the team. Maybe it's just he gives everybody else more confidence. I don't care what it is. I do not give a damn. Just bottle it and keep giving it. Keep giving it to the other mm-hmm. players because what <laughs> he's doing is setting us up for success. We are absolutely, demonstrably a better team when he's in it. And, you know, people talk about oh, traditional number nine. When I say traditional number bollocks to that because, frankly, there were people in the media, there's people in analysts, sort of positions for football that talk about, oh, zonal marking and Benitez and, oh, my God, rotation, tinker man, they called Claudio Ranieri and they were calling... Whatever whatever Klopp's doing right now with Bobby will be the blueprint going forward in the same way that tinkering is Claudio Ranieri's legacy, in the same way that sort of zonal marking became a big sort of supposed slight on on Benitez. I don't care. I don't care. Bring it on. Because you know what? What Bobby's doing is adding that little bit extra to our play. And whether he's doing it through goals or he's doing it through traditional assists, it's, you know, you can see the difference. You see it for yourself. But because there aren't the stats yet, um, we, we can't sort of talk about it in analytical terms. I just think what he's doing is obviously so, so right for Klopp and it's so, so right for Liverpool because, you know, where are we now? We all know ourselves, we're champions of the world. We're champions of Europe, we're champions of England and we've done it with Bobby and the team. So, you know what, it, it's good by me. 
Yeah, we're on top of the football pyramid and we're making contact with the aliens. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, a couple of stats. I mean, you know, a couple of them. Um, you know, you can look on the sort of positive trend that Firmino is on in terms of his expected goals. Um, you know, he went from seven from 2017-28 season, 11.5 expected goals. And then the 2018-19 season, 12.5 expected goals. And already this season, he's on 12.9 or 13 expected goals, all non-penalty, of course, this season. So he seems to be getting in more... Um, more opportunities to score than than ever before, actually. But if you compare that to his uh, shot creating actions, uh, you know his whatever passes and uh, that he does that lead to shots for other people, he's actually gone down. Uh, you know, seventeen, eighteen, it was around three point six, and then uh, eighteen, nineteen, three point one, and this season two point six six. So maybe he's creating less, but he's getting into more goal-scoring opportunities. But it's more than that, as we've said, with all of the subtlety of his game, his touch, his movement, all of that shakes the timbers of my soul and uh, gives me butterflies. It's absolutely beautiful to see. Uh, Jordan Henderson was good, wasn't he, Doug? Yeah, he was. Jordan Henderson, a, a lovely cameo appearance today. And, you know, Jordan Henderson is Jordan Henderson. Always an 8 out of 10 performance. Every, every time he comes onto the pitch as well. Just does the little things so well as well. Um, was involved in the second goal as well. Great ball out to Robertson. Robertson passes it to Salah. And then, you know, Curtis Jones gets the... Gets the gets the second goal. Yes, it goes in off Tyrone Mings. They all they're all they're all saying it. Oh, goes in off Tyrone Tyrone Mings. But if you're not in the box to finish it, then you're not going to finish. So you know that that was the main thing for uh, Curtis Jones. But no, Henderson's all round play today. When he came on again, he changed the game as well because you know obviously he I think obviously Fabinho came off. Henderson moved into the six, and I think it really helped us as well. It allowed Keita going forward more. Um, and obviously, you know, Genie took over the Oxley Chamberlain position as well. Um, and obviously, you know, Henderson going into the six, you know, it just felt like the just felt like Jordan Henderson gave us something more to the. Yeah, I loved his one and two touch passes. You know, the, it's all about tempo with Hendo. He sets the tempo of the entire match. It's such a gift, such a great gift. Uh, he had uh, forty-one passes in in his uh, thirty three-odd minutes on the pitch, uh, 82.9% accuracy. Um, you know, really good, really good stuff yeah. from, from Jordan. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, Curtis Jones, you mentioned him a couple of times, Doug. Yeah, I mean, he's a... Uh, how far can he go, Doug, Curtis Jones? I think the, the, world's, the world's is limited at the moment. I think, I think if he can continue the way he's going, I think we might see him play more next season. Um, and as as I said, like he reminds me a little bit of Stevie G when he was coming through the youth ranks as well. He had to bide his time to get a few games. Um, but if you you look you look at him this now this season, I think that's three goals, um, three goals, and um, you know I think nine games played, which is a very very good return um, for him. So yeah, if he can keep fit, if he can keep um, plugging away, he will get first team opportunities. There's no doubt about it. But um, I was absolutely I was absolutely buzzing last night when I heard that he signed a new contract because it was a testament to what he has done this season and you know scoring scoring the the, the fantastic goal uh, which uh, little arms Jordan Pickford couldn't he get to uh, which was an absolute beauty of a curler into the the top corner it was absolutely fantastic and obviously you know he scored against Shrewsbury and then he became the youngest ever Liverpool captain against Shrewsbury Town at Anfield. I mean, it's been some season. I would argue this has been a very good breakthrough season for Curtis Jones, and it's only going to get better. And it's good to see us having two Scousers in the team, not just one. Yes, they're going to have to change the song, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Satinda, what about you? How, 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 how far do you think Curtis can go? Yeah, I want to sort of completely buy into everything. You know, I want to sort of say he's going to go to the top of the game and I really wish he does and 
like I say, I'm with you. I think it ruins Trent's song, frankly. He's not the scouts are on our team alone now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Curtis Jones, yeah, absolutely. Why shouldn't he go absolutely to the top of the game? And with us, I think with him and with Trent and players like that, they've got the buy-in to stay with Liverpool. This is what the best looks like to be with your hometown club and to absolutely take them to the top uh, of football. So that's great. I mean, yeah, th there's no limit. I, we haven't seen quite enough of what he can do yet. Obviously, everything we've seen has been fantastic. Um, we, we had a poll recently and it was talks about sort of individual performances and this, that, the other. Uh, and I, and I, I put our youngsters going up against the first team Everton in the FA Cup and beating them as my performance of the year. I know we've just become champions, but that means something. That means that the guys who are just behind the very, very top of our club right now are absolutely at a level. They, they are ready to, to provide that extra push and, and, and yeah, Curtis's goal and this, this in a lot of ways is, you know, his breakthrough season, even though he's not had that many goes in, in the league. But yeah, this is absolutely fantastic. And why shouldn't we be excited? But uh, yeah, I, I just give the, I'd give the lad room to improve and not put too much, too much expectation on him. But at the same time, he doesn't seem to be doing too badly with a lot of expectation on him. So uh, maybe he knows better than I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, it, he played. I think it was 13 minutes in the Premier League before today, and he came on in the 84th minute. So that's another 10 minutes for him. So 23 minutes of Premier League football and one goal. I mean, it's a it's a heck of a start, and hopefully that goal will. I mean, I, I would say give him confidence. He doesn't seem like he needed any confidence. So, confidence i don't know if you saw how uh, he basically said yeah i'm just i'm here to be a legend i mean his attitude seems absolutely brilliant because he, he works extremely hard but at the same time he's just he's just he knows he's he's brilliant and uh, he, he, you know to say that you know i'm I, i'm i want to be a legend at the club uh, is um he's absolutely brilliant and i love that sort of swagger from uh, from youngsters, why the heck not? When you've got when you've got his talent, why the heck not? Um, yeah, uh, let's move on to to sort of you know other sort of more general things. Then um, it was a very very pleasing win. Um, I'm sure I haven't seen any post match uh, comments, but I'm sure that uh, you know most of the players and 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 Klopp and you know everybody more or less would be very happy with that. Uh, very very happy with that result. Um, uh, yeah, we've, we've got 89 points, uh, so that would have won the league in uh, all but eight of the 28 Premier League seasons before. So, I mean, it's, it's already amazing. We've got uh, 11 points, 12 points to get to beat Manchester United's, sorry, Manchester City's record. Ugh. Manchester United, yeah. Okay. <laughs> who are they? Yeah, who are they? Exactly, exactly. Uh, but, uh, no, listen, you know, look, look at some general stuff now. Uh, Doug, um, uh, Thiago Alcantara is the latest rumour. Um, where do you stand on, on, on this rumour? What do you think? Is it all just a, a load of baloney? Or do you think there's some truth to it? Are you excited by it? Klopp has apparently asked that in this press conference today and he was like, um, I'm not going to comment. He's a very, very good player, good, versatile player. Um, looking at it, I mean, this this has sort of come from nowhere, really. Um, obviously, he played his last game for Bayern Munich last night in the, you know, the, the Pokal final. Um, and uh, at the end of the game, he was actually he was actually said to have been a bit, bit emotional so that kind of says to me that he is on the move but would I like Thiago Alcantara I would absolutely love Thiago Alcantara because yeah, he was one of the best midfielders coming through Barcelona's youth academy obviously played in that very good team that Pep Guardiola was uh, under played under him at Bayern Munich as well so do you know what I, I think the only reason I could see this happening was the 
uh, one of Milner or Genie leaves, and I think it would probably be the latter, because I think if Leeds come up, I could probably see Milner potentially um, moving on. But um, I think I can see Genie signing a new contract. So if if one of those things was to happen, then I think it would be um, a very, very good move. But at this moment in time, I'm not getting sucked into rumours, um, to be honest with you. So... But um, it'd be a very, very good move if it happened, I think, because it would give us more experience in the middle of the park. And he kind of reminds me of Xabi Alonso a little bit, Thiago on Quintara. So he could be our Xabi Alonso. Well, that would be nice. Uh, he's He's got a bit of um, bit of snide to his game, as they say. He's a bit of a, you know, he gets some good tackles in there. He's quite, you know, surprisingly robust for a... For a little guy, I mean, he's 172 centimetres tall, which is, uh, I don't know what that is in feet, but uh, there you go. He's only 60, he's five foot seven and a half. There you go. And he's 60 kilograms in weight, 132 pounds. I don't know who tested him or when, but that's what it says on, these, <laughs> on fbref.com, a fantastic stats site. Um, the thing that sort of half concerns me about it is... Uh, is looking at his record with with injuries. I mean, there are 18 teams in the Bundesliga, so each season is 34 games long. Um, he hasn't. He's been playing in the Bundesliga since the 13-14 season, and he hasn't once played 34 games. The most he's ever done is 30 uh, in the that was uh, last season. Uh, but uh, you know, his his number of games this season is 24. Last season, 30. The season before that, 19. The season before that, 27. The season before that, 27. The season before that, which is 14, 15, he only played seven times. And the season before that, 16 times. Um, so, Tinder, I don't know where you stand on it, because, you know, looking at the points per game uh, ratio, of course, he was playing for Bayern Munich, but uh, they're basically, it's ridiculous how many games they they won with Thiago in the team. Um, he is a special talent. Are you worried, Satinder, at all about his injuries or anything? My goodness. One thing we really don't need right now in our team is another player who can't finish a season. We've already got Oxlade, right? And Naby Keita's had his problem with injuries. And yeah, Genie might leave and then we get this guy in. He might be a fantastic player. I haven't seen him play, I'll be honest. But I have to say, Jurgen Klopp is a special kind of football. If you can't do Jurgen Klopp, you have no place at Liverpool. You've got to be up to the physical demands of the, the, the intensity, the week in, week out. If this guy's not finished seasons for Bayern Munich, I don't rate his chances at Liverpool. And you know what? At, at the same time, if, if our statistical sort of analytics unit, and that's what it is right now at Liverpool, we're using advanced stats, we're using all kinds of data science, we are number crunching to within an inch of oblivion here. And we, we are selecting players because we think they'll fit. And, and I think... If, if you're going to lay out or, or you're going to sort of invest in a player in wages, signing on fee and everything else, uh, you have to be sure that they can last the pace. I mean, Joel Matip's another one. I mean, he's another one in the team right now who I absolutely love. And, and he has his absolute brilliant points. But he's another one who's just had a foot injury and now he's out for the season. It doesn't matter anymore because we're champions. But do we need a lot more? Do we, do we need more of these players? Or do we need to go for players who've got a history of being strong? They've got a history of being fit. They've got a history of being able to see out seasons. I, I, I doubt it. I, 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 I just doubt it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like a Klopp signing. It doesn't feel like a Liverpool signing at his age and everything else. But you know what? You know, we've signed Milner. You know, we got Joel Matip in on a free, and they've done okay. They've done great, in fact. Uh, I might be wrong, but this one doesn't feel right. Yes, he might have all the gifts in the world, but for me, I think we need players that can get into a regular and solid eleven and keep playing. 
and keep playing game after game, week after week, and just put up with the physical demands. Has this guy ever done it at that level? And I mean, not Bayern level, I mean Klopp level. I mean Liverpool level. And it just remains, it just seems doubtful. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, that is, that is the concern. But on the on the flip side, that the positives that he could he could bring. I mean, okay, you say you haven't seen him play very much. I mean, I don't really generally watch the Bundesliga, and I'll be honest, I've I, I've seen him I've seen him a fair bit in the Champions League. Um, I've kept an eye on him for a number of years when he was at Barcelona. I enjoyed watching him whenever I watched Barcelona, which was quite a lot. But uh, but you know, looking at the stats in terms of his passing, I mean, his He's compared to even Rakitic, um, who's who's obviously a brilliant passer of the ball, plays in a, a passing team. His pass completion uh, rate average uh, for the last three seasons, Ivan Rakitic is 88.8, 90.6, and 88.7 percent. Uh, so that's I mean that's amazing if you consider that uh, you know 80. 84 is a very good number, but to be at 88 and 90 and 88 is, is incredible, even if you're playing for Barcelona. Thiago uh, has, uh, for Bayern Munich, obviously the best team in Germany, but he has, in the last three seasons, 90.9%, 90.4%, and this season, 89.6%. What he could bring us is better ball retention and that would be something that I think we could you know it's not easy to to improve the best team in the world but that is maybe something we could improve on I maybe. don't know maybe but you can be a stat star in the Bundesliga and over in Spain but the, the Premier League is something unique it really is and you know even the teams like Aston Villa like we saw today won't give you an inch it's it's a different it's a different thing. Uh, you can have sparkling stats. I mean, and the thing about Liverpool signings in general, I, I I'm not going to I'm not going to sort of rewrite history again and say that I expected us to sign Fabinho. That came out the blue from the doldrums of Kiev. You know, when we sign players, we tend to do it, and so like it's like a surprise at the last second. <laughs> we 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 really tend to sort of take your your breath away. And if we've heard about it already, I just think, hmm, is it really going to happen? Or is that just paper talk or agent talk to try and get a bigger fee somewhere else? Yeah, that would, uh, yeah I mean, you could well be right. I mean, the fact that we've heard about it is quite un-Liverpool-like these days. Exactly. They, exactly. Let's, let's move on a little bit then. Uh, I'm going to give you, I've just got to cut a few more questions and couple more questions here and there um i i tried this last last time uh, we recorded a, a cop on episode i quite enjoyed it as a as a way of asking questions i'm just going to give you um a, a few choices to talk about uh and doug you can you can choose one and talk about it so the first choice um i've got um minamino or origi as a replacement for for firmino in the team whenever Bobby's rested. Uh, which one would you prefer, Minamino or Origi, and why? And the second choice is: um, what should we do anything with 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 Chamberlain and Cato, both of them having had their injury problems? Uh, and uh, you know, should we even think about you know replacing one of them or or something like that? So, Doug, you can choose and and talk. I'll talk about Minamino or Origi uh, for uh, Firmino and the team. Uh, for me, it's Minamino. After today, um, Origi just really, really frustrates me. Um, Minamino for me is a Firmino kind of player. So I think, I think, I think both of them can't play in the same team because they're they're a, they're a similar position. Um, maybe one has to maybe drop back to maybe an attacking midfielder, and then maybe one has to sort of go up front. Um, but I just, I just think with Firmino, I just think that him and Minamino are two similar players. With Origi, it's, I think he's more of a target man. I think he's, I think he's more of a hold-up man. With Minamino, he's, he's all about the trickery. He's all about really quick passes, quick movement as well. So for me, the, 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 the replacement for Firmino, if he is rested, for me, is Minamino. 
It's a decent answer. Yeah, I, I, and I thoroughly agree. I mean, it's easy after today to agree. Uh, one thing that Origi gives that Minamino doesn't is pace. Uh, but uh, Minamino, in terms of, I agree totally with it, in terms of his trickery and, and his all-round play. I mean, he looks, he looks very clever. I mean, we haven't seen enough of him yet. But yeah, excellent answer. Okay, so Tinder, you, you have a choice to do with our defence. Okay, you could talk about cover for Andy Robertson uh, or Nico Williams. Gosh. Um, right, cover for Andy Robertson. Let me start by saying it's not Milner. I think he did a fantastic job for us for a season when he was required to and his only competition was Moreno. And we weren't quite the force we are now. Or we weren't attacking in the way we are now. Um, I think for Robertson, it's difficult. I mean, who do you get in that's going to say, you know, I'm quite happy being second fiddle? Um, uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing about our transfer policy that absolutely, it, it makes me really happy in that, I'd never even heard of Robertson before we signed him and turned him into the phenomenon that he is. Maybe there is a second fiddle somewhere or a first teamer that's kind of playing at an average middling club, you know, um, and we can bring somebody in to deputise. But I think it'll probably be sort of um, the Milner question, I think, is pretty much done now uh, at that position in terms of providing the same intensity to our play we're not the side that we were when he was regular at left back we've we've moved on and I just think that with Robertson yeah it's just going to be are you going to get a professional at the end of their career who's going to come in and be quite happy taking every other game because the body can't take it or, or you're just going to have to get a youngster in behind them and, and to learn the trade. And that's the way we've always done things before. We can, we're, we're planning ahead here. Um, we, we can hopefully get somebody in, shape them from the youth team or buy them in. I mean, we did try, didn't we? we Chilwell was mentioned from Leicester. And, you know, I, I'm sure that Liverpool have made many other moves that we don't know of. Um, in that similar position and try to sort of sort of future-proof the position in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's not... I, I don't think we'll get anyone that just fits the team like Robo does right now. I, I think he's doing the job we need him to do without the ego and without wanting to take over the play or, or do too much. He just does enough and just enough is just right for our team right now for somebody in his position for somebody who's got his skill set yeah very interesting answer absolutely would you would you would you agree doug like in terms of uh, you know milner's not the man i think we're a little bit imbalanced with a right-footed player on the left uh but i don't know what do you what do you think doug yeah, I think I think that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, Mona left back. Yeah, I mean, Satinder's right. We were we were very good with him uh, at left back for for a season. But for me, he's he is he's just a midfield player now for for me, Mona. Um, obviously, we've got Yasalarucci coming through. We've got Adam Lewis coming through, and it's I don't think those two are ready yet. So. You know, I do think we do need left back cover. There's no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, Satinder's right. Who are we going to bring in? To you know, be be that sort of deputizer to you know Robo. I mean, I, I I said off camera to you, Owen, that I said Jamal Lewis. If obviously when Norwich do go down, which I think sadly they will go down, um, and I think they I think that they will be picked off because I think people will probably pick up Lewis. I think they'll pick up Aaron's. I think they'll pick up Cantwell, and I think they'll pick up uh, uh, Buendia uh, as well. So. For me, the the only one I would think we would be able to capable of signing because Liverpool have signed a player from a relegated club in the last couple of seasons, I think would be Jamal Lewis because Jamal Lewis has actually proven that he he is he can play in the Premier League, very good defensively, very good going forward. So you know, if Robertson is out for a for a wee period of time, I would be very confident in having Lewis at uh, at left back. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a very interesting choice. Um, he's been 
he's been mooted as a possible uh, transfer for, for a little while. But yeah, if Norwich do go down, presumably it'd be easier to get him and he might agree to, be, to, to learn you know, under Klopp and have the possibility of playing Champions League and things. As we were talking about you know, before we started recording this episode, you know, I said he's a little bit green, he's a little bit you know, naive, but if you know, Dylan Thomas had a marvellous poem, the, uh, the force that through the green fuse drives the flower, drives my green age. And I hope that that would be the same for Jamal Lewis. Uh, yes, absolutely. Our next match is uh, Brighton. Satinda, very quickly, the last question. Um, are we going to A, wipe the floor with them, B, win, or C, other? Please state. We will stumble our way to a resounding victory. <laughs> we'll, we'll just make it happen. We're champions, okay? Don't go there switching off as a fan, expecting to be entertained. These are a bunch of lads who've just made the impossible possible. They may be off colour, they may be a bit disjointed, and there may be the odd, oh my God, heart in mouth moment. But these guys are absolute winners. We will wipe the floor with them 1-0, maybe 2-0. And, you know, it's, it's just done. Let's just enjoy what it is. But, yes, it, it, we, can, we can all say, yes, I'd love them to win 5-0 and blah, 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 we're champions. But, you know what, Brighton have got pride too. You, you have to really want to beat a team of 11 players who don't really want to get beat. So there's a human aspect to that, and there is everything else. But yeah, we're the champions. We're the champions of England. Of course we're going to win. I like it. Yeah, we are the champions. It's, it's beautiful to say. It's beautiful to know. It's beautiful to think about. Doug, what's your prediction? Uh, well, it's the last game. Uh, actually, this, this game on Wednesday, I'm really hoping they do win because the next game day is my 28th birthday. Uh, so Ooh, I'm happy really... birthday. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm really hoping that they, Thank you. So I'm really hoping that they uh, that they do win. Um, Brighton are a very organised side. Um, their form's been pretty good recently. Uh, I know they lost to Manchester United, but they have followed that up with obviously wins uh, against Arsenal and Norwich City as well. So they're a very very organised side, and um, you know Neil Mope up front will be a will be a handful uh, as well. They've got some good midfield players. They're very good defensively as well. Got a very good goalkeeper in Matt Ryan. Uh, but yeah, I do expect us to win uh, against Brighton, and I'm I'm going to go along the lines of a two nil. I do think I do think uh, you know Brighton do sort of I think. I think the thing that, that will be very, very crucial for us is the five substitutes. Because I think Brighton, looking at their bench, they've not got as many good options as we have. So I think they may tire out towards the end of the game. And I think that will tell. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 Liverpool win. I like it. I like that prediction. Uh, Brighton are 15th in the table, 36 points. Uh, they're nine points above the relegation zone, so presumably... They're going to be A-OK. Uh, maybe they've got enough points already. You never know. Maybe one more win will guarantee it. For uh, them, let's, but... let's, let's not forget we're not playing the same game either. There are these ridiculous drinks breaks and we've got like timeouts at mm, I mean, that's American very football style yeah. in the game. It's, yeah, it's... It's, it's not the same game. It doesn't ebb and flow in the same way. So, yes, Brighton might hold on to a 2-0 where they might have gone down by more because there's just more coaching involved. And more fluid breaks, you know, to have a little yeah. break. Yeah, have a little Yeah, yeah, rest. your manager can have a word with you if he thinks something's uh -huh. going wrong. You can actually focus on it, whereas normally they've had to wait till half-time and the game's over. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And if you've been, you know, chasing shadows like so many teams have against us, you know, often after about half an hour non-stop of that, that, you know, the other team's knackered and then we take advantage of that. But uh, no, Brighton, they, they, it is going to be difficult, I think. Um, they've only lost two of their last nine matches. Um, I think they've got a very good manager. They're very well organised. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun again. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, to, to be able to watch the Reds again. The champion Reds. And, you know, 30 years. I mean, one, one, one thing I was thinking about, I mean, it's, it's an obvious thought. I'm sure lots of people have had the same thought. But, you know, 30 years from now is 2050. You know, 
that's the context of of the weight and it's this long burning you know fire of joy that uh, i hope is burning inside all of us as we just learn to understand and to really internalize the fact that we are champions of the premier league and brighton will give us a guard of honor as well thank you very 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 much uh, Doug and Satinda for joining me today. It's been great to talk after Liverpool again have found a way to win. The Rocket Reds rocketing up towards Manchester City's record of 100 points. Thank you very, very, very much, guys. Get in the mighty Reds! Yes! Come on, you Reds! Come on, you Reds! <laughs> And thus, as the interior of this episode's red and blue bowling shoes get sprayed, ready to be put back on the shelf until tomorrow, may I simply remind you that you can block us on Twitter, at CopOnPodcast. You can send us your phishing scams and ghost stories, don't forget, to CopOnPodcast at gmail.com. You could support us on Patreon.com forward slash CopOnPodcast, or you can simply tell someone you know about CopOn who might indeed enjoy it. Until next time then, me hearties, Liverpool are champions of everything. You are a champion of everything too. Speak to you soon.